You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Half hour. Hello and welcome to Half Hour, an entertainment podcast through Two Worlds Entertainment. I'm Richie Grasso, Artistic Director. And I'm Jeff Malone, Executive Director. It's Friday, July 23rd. Welcome to our podcast where we do our weekly recap on the scoop of all things theater and music industry related with Mm -hmm. lots of news and events of the week. We've been watching things, we've been learning things, we've been realizing things, and we're diving into all things theater and music related. Um, so welcome, everyone. Welcome. <laughs> we're going to dive <laughs> We're gonna dive right into the theater world. That's where we're going first today. Um, with this big industry news update, um, and by the way, this is all, I always say this in the beginning, um, spoilers, spoilers, we're talking about a lot of shows. So when I mention the show or the thing, make sure you watch it before because we might give you a lot of spoilers. So watch it, read it, form an opinion. Yes, whatever it is. A video, a show, an article. Yes. Oh, so we are going to the industry news of the theater industry, talking about actors Equity Association, as Playbill, the Playbill article here says, the Actors' Equity Association opens up eligibility for workers in non-equity productions. So give a really quick scoop. Actors' Equity is a union for actors and stage managers. It's an opportunity for um, those performers to perform in Broadway or anywhere professional um, or an equity professional production to be part of the union where the union will negotiate their contract deals and safety protocols and payment and all that and all that stuff. Um, So this is – and it was always something where you kind of had to work to get into. You had to either be doing shows in equity houses as a stage manager or as an actor, um, building up your points if you were doing the point system or getting offered a contract to get into the union. So it was something that people would like work towards to get into. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes that was also – and it's always been something like that. We're like, okay, you know, it's not just like – because you can do a lot of non-equity professional paid productions and not get into the union, right? So that's always how it's been. So this is an open access membership policy that has just been announced effective immediately with Actors' Equity. So what this does, it does a few things. It makes it easier for former members of equity to rejoin the union. It used to be if you used to do shows and then you stopped Mm -hmm. and you wanted to get back in, you kind of had to like not start from scratch per se, but kind of sort of. Now you can get right back in if you took a break for health reasons or personal reasons or whatever reason, right? So really interesting that that's one option. Also, the the big line here is theater workers who can demonstrate they have – and I'm quoting the Playbill article – 
um, theater workers who can demonstrate they have worked professionally as an actor or stage manager within equities geographical jurisdiction can join the union effective immediately. Meaning if you are can prove that you have been a paid actor or stage manager in any professional production in the United States, you can now join equity regardless of if it was a union contract or a non-union contract. And I'm going to get your opinion about this in a second, but let me just also say, um, it, like I said earlier, it allows former members um, – to rejoin the union without having to secure a new equity contract mm-hmm. um, means a lot to a lot of people maybe who have been working a long time, like I said, who want to return. Um, it's interesting. Kate Schindel is the president of the Actors' Equity Association. She took, came out and talked about this, saying that the old system had a significant flaw. This She's quoted as saying, it made employers the gatekeepers of equity membership. And she later goes on to say, um, it now allows artists from all backgrounds will join us in building a union that uplifts the entire theater community, especially those who have not felt included or welcomed in the past. So in my opinion, I'm dying to know what you think of this. In my opinion, I think there's a lot of layers to this. I think there's a lot going on. I've heard everyone under the sun this week talking about this on social media. There are people who are like, yes, this is amazing. There are people that are like, no, this is a horrible idea. And then there are people that are like, mm, I kind of get both sides. Um, I will say before we get into our opinion on this, we at the end of the day, we just don't know that we're in a pandemic. A lot of professional theater is still on pause. We don't know what this is going to do for the future. We don't know if this is going to help the union or not. We don't know if this is going to necessarily, um, you know, make this a more open access for, I mean, the goal is to have open access for all people to this, but will this help in auditions? Will this help in getting roles? It's not like now we have miraculously double the amount of equity theaters. Mm -hmm. Some theaters have closed permanently. We don't even know what theaters are going to be available in the union, non-union. So what is your take on this? What is just your overall reading this, hearing about this, your take on this big, big announcement from Actors Equity? Ooh. I have many feelings on this mm. because to me it still doesn't it still doesn't seem like they have a clear vision of what they want the union to be for these performers mm. and stage well not the stage, stage, the, managers, the stage managers. Yes. And it's like great, you can now join Actors Equity basically if you've done a professional show mm. and I think you were telling me a while ago that it used to be a point system mm. correct you had to have or you're offered an equity contract or you build your points up through equity contracts There's a few different ways yeah. and then you can join yeah. the union you know so Kate Chindle also says like the entertainment industry is disproportionately white mm-hmm, including mm-hmm. and especially theatrical leadership so i don't know what she was kind of saying in here is she saying like the the white theater industry isn't giving bipoc people the chance to actually be part of a show mm-hmm. there's a lot of things that she said in this statement and anyone can go and read this statement um from this playbill article and it's like you know you used to have to be offered a contract And then you could join the union. And I don't know if she was saying like, oh, were people just not offered those contracts? And then it's like, now you can just join um, if you've done a professional show. But it's like, you still have to pay for a membership. You still have to pay dues. You still have to be a member of the union paying into, you have to be, I mean, it used to be you had to work a certain number of weeks to build up your health insurance. So you can join for sure, which is wonderful, but that doesn't necessarily mean the job is waiting there for you. Right. There's no, there's no guarantee 
that you joining the union right. is going to get you a job. And I don't know if that's really what people are saying. It's like, no, it's still kind of elitist in a way that you have to now join this union to be able to do professional theater in the the Broadway way or the... Well, it's interesting because I know a lot of people who make livings off of non-union work. There's right. plenty of non-union work that pays. And are you now looked down upon because you're doing non-union work or, and is like, uh, like a production that's touring right now that's non-union? Is that like forcing them to become Well, union. that's what I'm cu- curious to know how producers handle this moving forward. You know, if you were doing a non-union tour, are there a ton of non-union actors to choose from? Yeah, I always feel like there will be. But also now, you know, it used to also be with an open call for a show, equity actors got in line first and right. were able to get seen first. And if and when the director or casting agent wanted to see more people, they could go to the non-equity line. And now just- your line doubles or maybe triple, I don't know, for also equity kinda- line. So now it's like, okay, wow, this is very difficult for equity performers now because the pool has gotten a lot larger. Right, and I also think that the the talent pool changes. Mm. So if everyone's joining the union and you have really great talented people, it's forcing producers and theater companies that also might be starting out and they can't afford to abide by some of these uh, equity rules that – they now have to either make a big decision like, okay, this is going to have to be a full equity show. Mm -hmm. And what is it like, how can some houses become an equity house now? Mm -hmm. Is there those guidelines as well, you know? Right. Well, and there's always been ways that new theater companies can start to work with equity and slowly build their equity presence. Some theaters are full equity, some are full non-equity, some are mixed, some contracts are equity, some are not. It's just, like I said, it's interesting that this is happening during a pandemic because we don't really know what the world is going to look like post-pandemic, let alone what the world's going to look like. I mean, how many – don't forget, a lot of people may have left this industry. Maybe there's not as many equity performers or maybe they're – a lot of people think this is a money move too. I do think it's a money move and and sometimes Actors' Equity was getting called out the whole pandemic, Mm -hmm. number one, and now they just changed the narrative. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of people were talking about certain things, and now they're like, hey, wait, we're going to do this, and we're going to distract right. everyone. And it, but it doesn't fix all of the problems all the time. I don't so think it fixes any of the yeah, problems, It just really. opens the door wider, but it's like and, – and, and I've, I see a lot of people talking about this. People saying, make the decision if you're joining equity. Think about it. You know, Because yeah. a lot of people say, I spent all my 20s non-equity because there's so many non-equity production opportunities. And some people are like, wait, no, I worked so hard through all my 20s to get equity. Now what? So it, it's very, very interesting. Well, I think – Everything's always what about me, but also I think that this as a whole is we have been shut down for 16 months, 16 months, and the theater industry is one of the industries that has yet to figure anything out Mm. going forward. They're just trying to reopen the doors that they did when we closed them, and they had a lot of time to fix a lot of the flaws that go on in the theater industry. And don't forget, this is the equity is the union, equity is not the employer. It does a lot of times come down to theater owners and producers saying, what opportunities are you giving equity performers? Because yes, guess what? There's 40-something the Broadway theaters. That doesn't mean that now that there's all these people can join equity, now there's not 80-something Broadway theaters. No, you I know think, what I'm saying? Yes. The theaters equity, have Yes, changed. equity is not the employer, but equity dictates a lot of the things that the employer sure. has to do. Sure. And so that will really make producers think about – you know, you might have the opposite reaction. You might have a lot of producers say, you know what? I'm going to do more non-equity shows. I don't know. You might have producers say – I'm only going to do equity now because there's going to be more people. You know what? I don't know. Was, it, who knows? It's a very, very interesting. I, we can't wait to see what happens with this because yeah. I think there's going to be a lot more vocalness from mm-hmm. 
the actors. And actually, really, the actors are the ones that are going to have to start making some moves if they want different changes in the industry. Also, side note, it could it maybe if we're making all these changes for this in, this union that's been around a long time, could we start calling it the Actors and Stage Managers Equity Association? It is oh. the stage manager. So, so I'm just thinking about this. Like all these stage managers are wonderful. Yeah. Work so hard in this union that the union doesn't. We have the Society for Directors and Choreographers. It's not the Society for Directors and then it, it's SDC, <laughs> Society for Directors and Choreographers. It's the stage union. So actors and stage managers association. There you go. <laughs> I just think that could happen. Let's let's make it happen. We're making changes. Why not? I mean, we're making all these changes. All right. Shout out to you, stage managers. We love you. Right. Okay, moving, moving forward. Moving on, lighthearted uh, Schmigadoon follow-up. Schmigadoon. Uh, we had on episode, episode three, Yes, right? episode three just came out today. We were laughing all the way through that yes. episode. Um, I'm really, really, really obsessed with this show. Uh, it's just every episode's getting better and better. Everyone's performances as actors and actresses are getting better and better. The music is great. I always think these original songs are such an ode and an homage to old musical theater, the way they're written. But the... But the elephant in the room of some of these songs is so addressed now. Oh, yeah. And it's so clearly like, um, wasn't it weird when, when you know, Cecily has a few lines where she's like, oh, women were so underwritten in old musical theater. It's so true. These like all women's songs were like the mayor's wife mm-hmm. singing about like her husband. It's just like the, the songs women sang, you know, in old musical theater, some beautiful songs, but... We're just calling things out, but it's in such a right way, right? Yeah. I What I like about what this show is doing is, like, it's predictable but unpredictable at the mm-hmm, same time. Mm-hmm. I still keep trying to figure out what's going to happen, and I love that theater does that. And I love what this show is doing for theater in general. Oh, yeah. Um, it's great to bring, you know, a little bit of a comedy, musical, lighthearted thing during this time. Yeah, know? I mean, I, and I will make, I make an event, I will make one comment. I find that Cicely is just still the whole show for me. Oh, she's I think she, it. her comedy is every time a performer is singing and they cut to her, it's a different facial reaction. It's a different vocal reaction. Mm-hmm. And it's so, I'd love to know like how much of that is scripted and how much of that she's adding in. And I'm sure it it's a mix a, of both. It would be but, cool to see if it's ad-libbed because she comes from that SNL background of ad-lib. It's so. off the cuff. It's, yeah, it's great. It's, it's really great. And the comedic time is perfect. It's passive aggressive in many ways. Yeah. Sometimes. And I want to say there's only six or eight episodes. It's not terribly long of a show. So I think we're actually almost Almost halfway, halfway through. through. I do um, think it's six. Yeah, and I, and also I will say just to chime in what you were saying earlier. I don't I don't know what's going to happen. This could actually go dark. Yeah, it could go serious town. It yeah. could really it could end in like some cheesy musical thing because it is a cheesy musical, and it could just be this like light thing. But I wonder how far the button will be pushed on this. I really do because I, every time I'm like. Mm, are they all supposed to leave this town? Like, it, they're really struggling to leave. And now, with Kristen Chenoweth's character being like, now you can't even stay here? Now what? Like, they right. can't we have so stay many, there in we have the so many, village anymore. But they also can't leave. So but they it's can't like, leave. We have so many questions on, like, do you have to conform to this town's way of living to survive in the town? Right. How many of those people How many, were not living there prior? And that's what I feel like it could get, like, dark. Like, do we ever... Like, could there be a... I don't know. This is my new thing. Could there be, like, a season two or three? Could this go on and we learn about all these people maybe because you, you, they you, got there? Kind when of you're like, also watching, you watch how some of them, like Cecily's character, she's starts singing. Yeah. Out of nowhere. Yeah. So it's almost like she's starting to take on the trait 
of the town. It's almost like you're stuck in a horror movie or something because you just start becoming that person. I always found with TV, I always found that something like Orange is the New Black was such a big TV show because you had all these characters. And then when you had a flashback, how many times would we watch like, oh my God, they're doing the flashback on this person. We get to hear about their life. And you sometimes do like, oh, they were the same person before they got there. And some like, whoa, they were very different. So like, could we do something like that here with this town? Or is it just going to be a light, a light thing? I don't know. I feel like it can go one or two ways, but I'm really, really enjoying this show. I, and we're going to keep talking about it until the season's over. Um, but please go on Apple TV plus and, and spend the four or five bucks if you can and watch the show. It's It's really funny gold and and the music is really, they released the music. Yeah. Everyone, you can go listen, you can go listen to the music on streaming that my standout songs, obviously they were this week was, uh, he's a queer one. That man, oh mine. No. Oh my, that man. Oh my. And then, uh, cross that bridge, cross that bridge, which was like, where's we the all-female number? Every musical has that big all-female, like, go get the boy number, which yes. is so, like, oh, my God. So, so there we go. Cross that bridge. So lots of fun. All right. And let's uh, – you want to cross that bridge over into Miss RuPaul's yes. Drag Race All-Stars. All-Stars six episode last night. Um, things are what? Happening, happening here in the show. Um, this episode was all about um, Ryan Murphy's law, um, and we did a acting challenge mm-hmm, with mm-hmm. the queens, and it was just a like a little ode to the American, American Horror Story, Story yeah. franchise. Yeah. Everyone was a different, you know, breakout star in there, and it focused kind of on the coven genre of things. And you had people like Leia Michelle, yeah, um, yeah, Jessica Emma Lang, Roberts was a guest Emma judge Roberts, and, yeah. um, Kathy Bates, Angela Bassett was also a guest judge, yes. which iconic or not guest judge guest. Well, appearance. Oh, yeah. appearance, mm-hmm. yep, where yep. she just talked to them. Um, right, Emma Roberts was the judge. So this was an interesting um, episode again. You know, acting challenges on RuPaul's Drag Race could either be really great or be really yeah, corny. This is, that was, it was very long. It, was it wasn't long, really corny. It, it was just kind of too much, I think, at times. I'm like, I'm not sure what's going on this episode. And I understand yeah. it's the point of giving them another different challenge other than singing or a looks challenge, things like that. I think... I'm struggling with this show because I'm starting to see a lot of the overproducedness mm-hmm. of the show. I'm not mm-hmm. finding it to really be that authentic or um, real anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, in the early days of RuPaul's Drag Race, we were like, "Wow, this is so real." And maybe it's just because we've watched so many seasons. But I was, I was a little shocked after this episode because I was like, everything was so predictable in the episode. They don't leave any room for uncertainty. Mm-hmm. And even from the queen going home to the queen lip syncing to the lip sync assassin who was Manila this who's week. Who's usually Who's like, usually like I'm on, on it. it. And yeah. it was almost like they told her, don't go all 100%. It's it's interesting what you wonder what's being told and what's not. I mean, I thought this was Ginger's week and it should have been her win. I thought she was really great. Right. Um, Last so, week when we were like, oh no, that was not Ginger's week. This week, yeah, Ginger yeah. was out of her element playing yeah. a character that she would have never played. Yeah. And really did well at it. And then, you know, and even from her goth look. Yeah. It it was, I don't know. I just don't really get the judging. I'm kind of getting a little tired of this game within a game. Every week we think what's going to happen. And then they end it with the person leaving. Like, wait, stay for the game within a game. And I'm like, are we way overhyping this? I think we're way overhyping it. Because on All Stars, we've already seen the game within a game before. They make it believe that it's nothing like anything before which is one queen comes back and I'm like is that the game is that really how we're calling is this it, or is it truly 
another game. Do we know if those queens that went home are all doing something else? And one of them, you know what would be really interesting is could one of the queens that go home actually, maybe they do some game and if they win, they could actually be top three or top four. I mean, could it actually well, go that's, that's there? That's what's happened. Look, Trixie Mattel and her all-star yeah. season came right back and won. Yeah. Uh, but I, I'm wondering if the game within the game is going to be similar to the season 13 when they had the pork chop lounge where all of yeah, these queens yeah, yeah. went over the pork chop, chop side. You know, yeah. we might come back and are these two going to go head to head against each yeah. other? And then, you know, we have two top queens at the end. Right. Who knows? Right. I, I'm, I guess we're going to wait and see. see. I'm just a little lost on some of the things that are happening this week. From the queens going home each week. I will say something, though. I don't think there's anyone bad on the show. No. And there hasn't been anyone bad on the show. And I find everyone to be kind of on par with each other. Mm -hmm. I don't see anyone that's really also like, oh, they're the best queen Mm -hmm. on this this season. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting to see. We'll keep talking about it. Yeah. Let us know your thoughts. Yes, keep watching. We have a few more RuPaul. episodes to go. And this is all RuPaul All Star Six, which is on Paramount Plus. So it's just a re- recap reminder: Schmigadoon's Apple TV Plus, RuPaul is Paramount Plus, and now we're going to another streaming place. We also place. don't we don't get anything for promoting these. No, we're just telling you where to go watch them because there's about three thousand places to watch three thousand different shows. So but, I mean, if we had a code or something, then <laughs> you'll know where to find it. So now <laughs> we're heading over to Netflix land now with this amazing Netflix. Netflix documentary, This Is Pop. We've talked yes. about episode one and two. Now we're on to episode three, Stockholm Syndrome. Syndrome. So we watched that episode. Uh, wow. Learned yeah. a lot on this episode. I am really – first, let me just say as an overall series, I am really, really, really loving it. I think I have already known so much about the pop industry and I still am learning, learning so much yeah. about the pop mm-hmm. industry. This is a very um, big episode for me because this is – the pop that I love. Mm-hmm. It's that infectious pop. And many people probably don't know that um, a lot of your favorite pop songs are written by the Sweden producers. Yeah. So yeah, I learned a lot about how Sweden had a big influence on pop ever since ABBA. Yeah. Amazing so, to see that start with ABBA. I thought that was right. And this episode starts with ABBA. Mm-hmm. They start talking about like what was the ticking point for uh, Sweden. Mm-hmm. And ABBA went on Eurovision, which is still big to this day. And they did a pop song. They did it in English. And they won. Mm-hmm. And after that, it was like, why did that song really blow up? And it was Waterloo. Yeah. And Sweden kind of disregarded it. Mm. They kind of were like, mm, no, mm-hmm. that's not the kind of music that we make here in Sweden. But the rest of the world kind of picked up on it. Mm-hmm. And really, when something hits in America, which this song did, mm. that changes everything. It gives you credit. Because a lot of the time, the American music, I would say, controls um the charts controls yeah. radio. Everyone listens to what the Americans listen to. Obviously, um, the British invasion and all that stuff happens as well. But a lot of that stuff is also because it sure. blows up in America. Yeah. So we then go into more of the producer parts of things. And we meet Dennis Pop, who um, RIP is not with us anymore. But he's really that person that took pop music in the 90s with Ace of Base, bring it over to America, and wow, it blew up. But they did something really cool that I loved, and they wrote the instrumental first. Mm. They 
they tr- they clubbed the instrumental around. People were dancing to it. Mm-hmm. It had that beat, and then they added lyrics. Lyrics were an afterthought in this pop music, and I in can't time, I, yeah. I can't wait for you to kind of comment on that because yeah, it's like <laughs> well, they kind of talk about that in the documentary a little bit. Like, what are they saying? And I want it that way. Yeah, with the Backstreet Boys, like, and he's in the narrator or the host of the episode. He's like, what way? Like, I want what? What way? You know, like it makes you think, like, like um. Baby One More Time. Right. Went from Hit Me Baby One More Time to Baby One More Time. It meant to be Hit Me Up on the phone. Yeah. I mean. But that's uh, not how we speak here. We would have never thought that. Hit Me Up on the phone one more time. It would have not. Right. So we hear Hit Me Baby One More Time still to this day. I think think many Americans think like, um, is she getting abused? Yeah, it's weird. It's weird. So the (laughs) lyrics. And then it's interesting because then you flash forward. This was now, you know, the 80s, 90s, early 2000s. Now you flash forward to someone like Taylor Swift, who's all about the lyric. Yeah. Who's so lyrical. I always say, I said this on one of the episodes, I think Taylor Swift could be a Broadway lyricist because I think her lyrics are so poignant and beautiful. But these songs are about the beat. And the rhythm and that infectious verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, chorus, kind of a of a vibe in terms of not being wordy, but just being like, bring us back to that I saw the song, you know, that that kind of but fun. But I think that's what they do as producers really well is they immediately hook you in from the start of the song. Mm. You don't have lyrics right away. Right. You have a beat. The, and a, the chord, yeah. the infectious chord beat where it's like. Ace of Ace, it's like, dum, 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 yeah, dum, yeah. dum, dum, you know, and I'm like, wow, this is great. And then they didn't realize that all of these American pop stars were going to come over to them. Yeah. They thought they had to shop it around right. and they had to put out Swedish right. artists. Right. They then realized, oh, wait, people are going to come to us. And they had people like Backstreet Boys and Britney Spears and Pink and NSYNC yeah. and Katy Perry and Taylor Swift yeah. even that went over there and they had people produce this music yeah. for them. And think about Taylor's 1989 album. That was a very Swedish, heavy produced thing. And that took her out of country music and put her into pop music. And that's still one of my favorite albums to this day. And then we talk a little bit about like how in the Broadway theater industry, how lyric is just as important as music. Those both marry to each other, Mm -hmm. importantly, for the plot. Right. A pop song doesn't necessarily need to have anything to do with a plot, unless you're someone like Taylor who strings a plot through an album, maybe, right. or, or things like that. So it's interesting to see what pop music was, what it is, what it will become. Right. It was really, really great. And this is just a wonderful documentary, really right. kind of recaps a lot. And it's cool to industry. see. And it's cool to see each pop producer from Sweden um, and what they've done. Yeah. And we learn later on that after Tennis Pop dies, Max Martin, who was working with him, became the dominant Sweden producer that really yeah. blew up. If yeah. you look at one of your favorite pop songs, you probably will see Max the Martin's name. name. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. So it's, it, it's really cool. Everyone should really check out this documentary. Yeah. Actually, we have I, a few more episodes to go, I think. Yeah. I think we have three more. Yep. Yeah. I was actually thinking about creating a Max Martin playlist with all of my oh, favorite songs. Maybe okay. we'll have everyone submit one of their yeah, favorite we'll Max do. Martin songs, yes. and you might make it on the playlist. There we go. That could be, be a nice cool thing challenge. to do, right? Yeah. <laughs> I love playlisting. So yes, anyway. he does. He always makes playlists. And speaking of some also new pop songs. Yeah, we got a few new music videos this week. Right? Last Friday, and we had a new track come out from Normandy featuring Cardi B. It's called Wild Side. Mm-hmm. And this week, we had a new track from Mr. Little Nas X. Um, and it's called Industry Baby, and ooh, I like it. I like both. They're fun. They're they're fun. They're different. Um, 
interesting stuff. Normandy comes out of the Fifth Harmony world. Mm-hmm. And I think what's interesting about her is, like, she's trying to find her footing in the industry. Does she want to be an R&B artist? Does she want to be a pop artist? Is she just trying different things to see what her sound is fitting? Um, she came out with Motivation a while ago. Uh, you know, come on, baby, do you mm-hmm. Motivation? Anyway. And now that... That kind of went through the LGBTQ scene um, because I remember hearing it in the bars a lot. And now this is a different side of things. I don't know how pop friendly this song is, yeah. but was there anything that you liked about it? It, it? it shows a very different side of her. The girl can dance for sure. I like that she's bringing choreo into it. Um, there's a lot of sex appeal to it, um, which sometimes I find sex appeal in music to be a little like okay, well, if this isn't working, I have to add sex appeal to my music video, mm. so maybe now it's going to work. I don't know. What do you, what do you kind I of think, think about? Well, I think, um, I, gosh, I think sex appeal is an understatement. I think it was sexual. It was okay. a very sexual, both of them. Mm-hmm. The Lost X team had a little more of a story, a plot, maybe a little pol- politics involved with it. There was definitely something going on there in terms of like a, a plot, well, uh, the, some sort of thing. With, with her song was, didn't seem as driven other than just being a song about sex. Yeah. I'll touch a little bit on the Little Nas X because I think there's a play on here about being industry baby. And what does that mean? Are you a product of the industry mm. now? Is that what Little, Na- little Nas X has become? Um, someone joked on, uh, I saw someone say, oh, is this basically the male version of Telephone? <laughs> His song? Because it's oh, kind yeah. of a little bit. I saw a comment like that. I was like, oh, interesting. Different. But. I didn't even <laughs> think about it. And See, this is what's also interesting. You could tie something like this in. So we have Telephone, Lady Gaga, and Beyonce. Yeah. Iconic music video. Yeah. Very similar because you have a bunch of women in jail yeah. dancing, yeah. being provocative, and whatever. And it was very successful. And I, I'm not even ready for the comments that this video mm. is going to get because he is a gay man dancing with men, basically pointing out that in jail, many men are gay as Maybe well. Maybe or yeah, I mean, it's an interesting. It's an interesting. I think both. Song, you know, I didn't find either song to be very memorable. I don't know if they were extremely radio friendly or going to be really flying through the mainstream summer music circuits yeah. per se. Maybe um, they were. They were. They're both talented. They, I actually think what was most impressive, especially, um, well, in both of them really was the um, the filmography of it, the direction of it, the way it's styled. I think there's such amazing progress made in the way a music video is filmed. And I yeah. like the colors, the filming, the, the camera angles. I, I, and I think that is actually more impressive than most of the actual I uh, actually, content. Of that's the, one of thing I did appreciate now because we're coming out of the pandemic a little bit because yeah. before a lot of the pandemic music videos, you could tell we're like one, one person, one shot, one green shot, screen, right, this, right. this, Outside, we're back, out, yeah, we're two, back right, into some right, normal music right. video that has a storyline right. in the music right. video. There's choreo. Yeah. I, I love when we get some choreo in these. Oh dances. yeah. Great. Choreo. And there was yeah. some hot yeah. choreo going on yeah, yeah, in, yeah, yeah. in little Nas right. X, but you know, so it's all good, but oh, oh. there we go. It is time <laughs> now. Chime, chime. So, <laughs> thank you all for listening today. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Um, please subscribe to our podcast on Spotify or Apple Music and leave us a review if you love you heard today. It's half hour with Jeff and Richie. Yes. Um, we also want you to join our conversation and engage with us. So, head over to our Instagram at Two Worlds End. That's at T W O W O R L D S E N T. And comment on the latest post about this podcast episode. We'd love to hear from you about Jeff making a playlist and all these shows that we're watching. And we'd love to hear what you think. What yeah. should we talk about next week? We're here every week talking about we'll the awesome uh, things. We'll have submission boxes and polls. And we would yeah, love to hear what you think as well. 
Yes, yes, amazing. So <laughs> thank you all so much. We hope you had a great time listening and have a great weekend. Until yes. next time, we're going to sign off now. I'm Richie. And I'm Jeff. Saying ta-ta for now. Bye. Bye. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.